Welcome to Ask Logical episode 8. This episode continues on from the last episode where we looked at a training program and the reasons behind its design. I had a few questions from people regarding activities and how do you design them. So let's go back to the example program again. Remember, you can download the first session of this for free from my website. If you want the rest of it, it's for sale. The first thing I should say about activity design is that there are plenty of books out there with thousands of ideas, but I've never ever used an activity I found in a book. And I'm not 100% sure why this is the case, except to say that I've used those books sometimes to trigger an idea for an activity, but typically I find the activities in books never equal the specific outcome that I require. And that is an important point. The activity is designed after the content. I use activities to emphasize, reinforce, add to, or introduce a new piece of content. I know what that piece of content is, and then I look creatively at what activity will support that content and achieve an activity outcome or objective that I have in mind. Let's look at this first activity. This is just after the introduction of the program, and there has been some sort of icebreaker. The first question is very important and often ignored by trainers. What do you want to achieve during this program? What are your goals? This tells you what people want from the program. Obvious, but, but why is it so important? As a trainer, you should be mentally noting these things down. You can then emphasise and add in content to ensure that participants' needs are met. I get people to read them out, to everyone. This let, lets me also know a little bit about each person, as well as who can speak, who's very confident, etc. All sorts of information I can use in the delivery of the program. I get people to write the answers down. And at the end of the program, we'll look at them again and check off that they have been met and hopefully exceeded. I check on this regularly to make sure that my content is correct. Activity two is the buy-in activity. What do you get out of providing excellent service? I would get small groups to brainstorm this. This gets people to talk to each other, in this case, the first time for the program. They generate a range of responses. All of these answers will be positive. You already know that. Better job satisfaction, less stress, etc. The point I'm making in this activity is that they will get just as much from providing good service as they put into it. I already have my summary of this activity prepared, as you already know the answers they will generate, and you use this to conclude that this program is going to help them to have a more satisfying and rewarding job. If you've done a good job with this activity, you have excited people, they are motivated, and they are keen to begin learning. Activity 3 is a series of questions. Great for a group discussion. They learn about each other's internal and external customers. They learn about the differences and similarities that they share. The second and third questions probe for more detail. This is really where the learning occurs. Who are these customers, their characteristics, their ratings of your service? What we are really looking for here is how much they know about their customers. You know already that most will not know that much. This activity then is demonstrating to participants how much they don't know and how much they should know. The last question is the real test, and again, you already have a good idea of the real answer, and hence your point. Not many people know what their customers really think of their service. They're only guessing. When you ask how do they know, they will give some responses like, well, we get some occasional feedback, etc. In other words, you've led everyone to the point of the next section of the content. You need to get constant feedback from your customers. Don't guess by the absence of complaints that they think your service is good. 
This can be a really important moment for most participants. They realise that no complaints does not mean good service. Activity 5 is a great little thinking activity. It takes new information, the left-hand column, and gets individuals to analyse and reflect on their current service. I often get pairs to work on this as they can bounce ideas off each other. The fourth column is the key to this activity. This is where we can get some of those aha moments. I've rated myself poorly here, but if I do this I can do a better job. We will later use some of these improvement ideas to plan out some tangible actions that they will implement in their own workplace for real. See how this activity carefully takes new information, what customers want, left hand side, gets the participant to reflect on current behaviour and then seek out new and better behaviours. Simple activity but very powerful. The action planning process after this then locks in the results. This is a visual activity. Body language is difficult to teach, but this is a fun and engaging way for groups to discuss their own opinions and theories and learn from each other. As a trainer, you get groups to report back and you ask probing questions to draw out more information. Why do you feel that the person is angry? What would you do if this person was talking to you in your business? What approach would you take? What questions would you ask? There are another four photos for discussion in this activity. This activity is also visual. Developing rapport building in a teaching environment can also be difficult. This series of photos can be used to help people think of how to talk to different people. If you have some outgoing people in the group, you can role play some of them. Again, lots of discussion, plenty of different opinions, and this activity can then be used to point out useful strategies for building rapport. Important here is that the groups will actually generate the bulk of the rapport building strategies not the trainer. Activity 25 is a great opener to new content on customer service and attitude. There is a trick in this and many participants will struggle to get the right answers. Hopefully you've picked up that all the answers should be false. There can be some great debates here which is very useful but as the trainer you already have the definite answer to why each question must be false. I love this activity. I invite people to make their arguments for true and then eventually say, okay, now I want you to be the customer and think of how you feel when the customer service person says to you these excuses. It can really turn people's attitude around. They realise that they are just excuses. Okay, I hope that was helpful. In summary then, an activity should only be designed when you have a clear idea of the content before and after the actual activity. The activity should be used as often as possible, at least every 15 to 20 minutes. Be creative and think through what you want the activity to achieve, and ensure that it flows evenly with the rest of the program. Before I go, please subscribe to my blog. The membership there is growing, and keep watching the videos. I can always do with more questions, so please send them in, and I know that you do have them. Provided we have all the technical stuff worked out, I hope that the next week we'll have the exclusive interview with the ANZI Coach of the Year. I can't wait. Remember, good training has nothing to do with good luck.